Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. Today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with our city's resident fast food expert, Bill Oakley. If you're not familiar with his online reviews or TV appearances discussing all things junk food, you might still know him from his work as a showrunner for The Simpsons. He was on there for five seasons and has probably written some of your favorite lines that you're still quoting to this day. Bill is here to not only give us his honest takes on Portland's fast food scene, but also his expert opinion on where Homer Simpson would eat in town. You know I had to ask. It's Tuesday, November 21st. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Welcome, Bill. I've been looking forward to this interview. You know, I'm a huge fan of The Simpsons and your food reviews. And so it's super exciting to have you on the show. Like I've been watching your Instagram feed since like 2018. Wow. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm very, I'm honored. And you get a, <laughs> get a special badge for being a, almost a six-year member of this crazy adventure. <laughs> I know you've shared a bit of this with other people, but for those who are just, for you know, encountering the Bill Oakley world. Can you share why you decided to start documenting your fast food outings? Well, food has always been my hobby, you know, and the advent of large-scale social media has allowed me to make it into more of an unpaying job than a hobby. <laughs> um, so I have always been the kind of person who always wanted to try the new flavor of Oreos, the new types of potato chips, the new item at McDonald's, for instance. And then in 2018, when McDonald's decided to start having um, fresh rather than frozen beef for their quarter pounders, I went out, I want to be the first one to get one. And then I was like, you know, maybe I just make a video because like if the photos aren't going to do it justice and I did make a video, it took me three hours to stitch together <laughs> two shots because I didn't know anything about video on the phone or whatever. And it actually got like, it got a fair amount of attention for yeah. me. I had like a couple hundred Instagram followers, like the head chef at McDonald's saw it and people were like, hey, congratulations on your new career as a food blogger. I think McDonald's actually said that. And I was like, well, maybe I should keep doing this. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. Now here we are six years later. <laughs> um, and I'm on the History Channel on the Food That Built America as one of their experts on, you know, American food culture history. And I get invited to write articles and be on panels and stuff. So it's, it's, again, it's pretty much an unpaying job, but it is a lot of fun. I feel like you got a lot of attention because of your, you know, prior life as a writer for The Simpsons. Um, you wrote some of the funniest sketches, you know, steamed hams. I feel like you created so much culture. So I love the idea of you, your second act being, you know, you critiquing a, a certain aspect of it. 
Well, thank you. And I, I do, I see, I, I wrote all that stuff with my partner, Josh Weinstein, except for steamed hams, which I wrote myself. Um, and it is, yes, and it, particularly steamed hams, has taken on a life of its own uh, over the past couple years. But, uh, and that's part of the reason why I have this club called the Steamed Ham Society, which is a whole bunch of people all over the world, just like me, that want to talk about food all the time. Uh, another thing that I found interesting was that you moved to Portland. Like, I was wondering if your time on the Sipses had anything to do with that decision. Because, like, did our city just make sense to you after writing, like, a pretty fictional version of it? You know, honestly, it didn't really have anything to do with that. The Simpsons-Portland connection is a lot bigger now than it used to be. At the time, it was just like, we got Kearney, we got Lovejoy, we got Quimby, and that kind of thing. And, and, and we didn't even talk about it that much back in the day. And I think since that Portland has taken on a much larger role in the American <laughs> scene in the past 15 years, I think it's people have become more aware of that. But uh, unfortunately, the answer is it was just because I wanted to move to a place that was really fun to live in, where they had good public schools to raise my children in. Well, did you happen to see that uh, scene where the Simpsons visit Portland for the first time a few years ago? I did see that episode. It was actually a whole episode, as I recall, or at least yeah. one act of an episode. I really enjoyed it. I had nothing to do with it. Um, and, you know, obviously it trafficked in the Portland stereotypes that were so popular a few years ago with Portlandia and stuff, but I did enjoy it. Let's just enjoy Portland. I mean, I can't believe we've never been here before. Indigenous artworks, craft breweries, independent movie theaters, and that's just in one coffee shop. I was curious, like, if you thought they missed any uh, obvious jokes. Like, if you were just like, oh, I can't believe they didn't <laughs> they didn't think about this one. Because, like, the whole passive aggressiveness, I was like, right on, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I can't remember it well enough to recall what they did and, and didn't do in it, but I recall having a generally positive feeling about it. <laughs> and that's only, I've only seen like two Simpsons episodes in the past 15 or 20 years. So it's, oh, uh, that was one of them that I purposely tuned in for that. Nice. Every time I watch Simpsons, I'm like, oh, that's not the way that, that should be. You know, Homer wouldn't say that. Bart wouldn't know that, you know, that kind of thing. So I can't get it out of my head that, uh, you know, I have a certain set mindset about the way things should be. And, I, and it's... Obviously, the show has to grow and evolve <laughs> after 32 seasons or whatever. So my mind is stuck in the past. I feel like I'm with you just because I'm like, they would never have an open relationship. Like, I remember there was one where like, <laughs> we're just like totally creating up, but we're like Homer and Marge have an open relationship. And I'm like, what's happening? No. <laughs> That's shocking. I had no idea about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They had their own. It's a whole thing. Okay. <laughs> So do you think that Portland's fast food is better than other cities? Okay, I got to make this distinction. Okay. Corporate fast food versus locally made fast food. Right. No, Portland's corporate fast food is a wasteland compared to places like Florida and Texas and things like that because they have, you know, you right. know Texas, they got 50 fast food chains of every stripe. In fact, every time they do one of those polls, like, you know, to 10, whatever, what every state's favorite candy or whatever, Portland's least favorite food is fast food. And I, Oregon's least favorite food is fast food. And I understand that because we have such an incredible agricultural scene here and we have such mm -hmm. an incredible cooking scene. So, and, and there's really not that much call for fast food. There's obviously more out in the suburbs and there's more in Vancouver, but like in central Portland, there's very little fast yeah. food of any kind. So as a, in terms of corporate chains, which I know that we in Portland don't generally approve of anyway, but in terms of locally made things that are kind of like fast food, we kick, I don't think there's any other city that can compare to Portland. When you have visitors, where do you take them uh, to eat? Uh, 
I take them to cart pods in general. I mean, the food cart scene we have here is spectacular. And I, you know, I'm sure you've already covered why that is. And everybody listening to this knows why that is. Our food carts are unparalleled and there's such an incredibly wide variety of different types of stuff you can get. And it's generally spectacular. So what I do is I take them to a couple of cart pods. And uh, since I live in Southeast, uh, it's usually the cart pod that is at John's Marketplace where that has Jojo and Matt and Mamers. Uh, and then there's also another pod called Hinterland, which is like on Southeast 50th or Division, which has Burger Stevens and Matt's Barbecue Tacos. When I have vet visitors, those are the two places I take them. And mm -hmm. I say, we're going to have four small meals <laughs> at those four places. <laughs> nice. You know, something uh, that Portland also does really, really well is vegan junk food. For sure. What's your take on vegan junk food? I really like it. I feel like vegan stuff, I didn't have that much vegan stuff prior to a few years ago. But what I did, I didn't like. Mm -hmm. And I think that recently, or in the past couple of years, it has turned the corner where I can't, and sometimes I can't even tell the difference. It used to be cheese. Well, the cheese was the issue for me. But now there is vegan cheese that I can't discern from regular milk cheese. Right. And the same with a number of meats. And I think there's a couple places that I went to, Gnarly's, the food cart Gnarly's, if you haven't been there, it's amazing. The Gnarly's burger is is as good as all the best beef burgers in town. And I would have a hard time figuring out that it wasn't vegan. And pizza, boxcar pizza we have. Have you been to Gnarly's? Oh, oh yeah. Well, no, I've been to boxcar. I have yet to go to Gnarly's. Uh, Gnarly's is on Southeast Oak and Southeast 9th. And I know Boxcar's around there, right? Uh, it's in the zipper, like 24th and Sandy. But in any case, the, the answer is vegan food has arrived. Vegan junk food, especially. Yeah. Did you know that Oregon invented the tater tot? I was just curious. I did kind of know that because of the, or I, the Orida thing blew my mind the first time I figured that out. And it was only a few years ago. Like, oh, wait, it's Oregon in Idaho. <laughs> yeah. And that's, they, I guess, invented the tater tots. So yeah, that's, it's a remark. Also, when you drive, if you ever drive out there, you drive right past their factory, which is kind of near the um, border. And it's a remarkable thing to see. Oh, not, not driven by there. Uh, but something that it created was that, you know, the tachos, because Portland you yes. know, invented the tachos. And so it's a discussion we have a lot of uh, you know, in the show. And I want your expert opinion on this quintessential bar food. Would you consider tachos nachos or their own thing? I would consider them to be their own thing. I think the only thing that's similar about them, it's the name. It's a, this portmanteau word of tachos. It really, yeah. it would just be loaded. A lot of places call them loaded tots, you know? And mm -hmm. if, you, if you just were to order loaded tots, you would not even think for a second, these are nachos. Thank you. <laughs> that is my opinion. Because it's like, oh, then why don't we just, you know, put tots in a burger instead of a patty and then, you know, call it tot burger. Obviously, that's not hamburger. Like, you know, it's just a, a sandwich tot. It's a fun, it's a fun thing to say. For sure. Uh, tachos. But it is not, it's not a type of nacho. Right. It's like, more, it's more closer to those things like that people call like the stuffed baked potatoes and things like that. I mean, it's not even in the vein of a, of a nacho. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, are you a fan of those? Like, I was curious if you have like a, a favorite or. Yeah, I, I do. And I don't think I'm alone in this opinion. Bottle Rocket has the best nacho, nacho tot, <laughs> tater tots in town. <laughs> those fish shots, fish sauce tots they have are, mm -hmm. are, very, are delicious. Also, their burgers are top notch too. Um, but in terms of uh, places that have 
non-fish sauce tots. Bunk Bar, to me, is always the best. Um, and uh, I think they have a couple locations, including that new one in Bridgeport Village. But the, I've had it at the normal one on Water Avenue. And mm-hmm. uh, I love their tots, man. They used to have a location like a much smaller space. And I just remember, and this was like over 10 years ago, Bill, and like we would all get, like we would pack in. But I, I do miss those days, you know, like going into their sandwich shop that was like a little shoebox uh-huh. and then like walking out and smelling like all their sandwiches all at once. You know? <laughs> but I have to ask now, like who do you think makes the best burger in town? Okay, now I know you have opinions. This for sure, I have opinions about this. Um, I this is going to be a very long, complicated answer. I did a survey of all, uh, most if not all of the burgers in Portland in 2020, 2021 with the people from Portland Monthly, uh, and I was on a team and we tried I, easily over a hundred burgers wow. in, in this town. And some of the places are out of business now, but I did get a really good idea of the burger landscape. And the answer to your question is, it's a seven way tie. <laughs> Okay. Okay. The problem is that everybody has a slightly different type of burger that they Mm -hmm. like. Some people like smash burgers, some traditional burgers, you know, some people like unusual burgers. My preference for a burger is a classic burger, meaning the toppings you would get on a quarter pounder deluxe, which is lettuce, tomato, onions, sometimes pickles, you know, mayo, maybe uh, ketchup, mustard. Okay. And so I don't even- No cheese? Oh, cheese. Of course. Cheese. That goes without saying. Um, Okay. Okay. But the best burger in town that is not that type of burger is the steam burger at Kennard. And I think everybody knows that. Those yeah. burgers, I mean, they're like White Castle style burgers and they're amazing. I could eat a thousand of them, but I'm limiting this because we only have, I don't know, a couple hours to discuss this. I'm limiting it to <laughs> seven. Okay. And I'm going to, I'll reel them off. You can ask questions about them, but it's a seven way tie between, well, first of all, Gnarly's, the vegan place is in there amongst all the beef burgers. Um, Fuller's Burger Shack, which is a spinoff of Fuller's a Coffee Shop that's been around since 1947. Oh, I didn't know that. They're, they have a location out at Cascade Station, and they also are putting a new one in the mall in Pioneer Place. Uh, hmm. Mid-City Smash Burgers Deluxe Boy. Uh, everybody knows them. Um, Farmer and the Beast, which is a food cart at the Knob Hill Cart Pods on, on uh, Northwest 24th, I guess it is. Spectacular Smash Burger. Sure Shot, which is another cart, um, and that place has delicious burgers and they have a lot of interesting variations on that burger too yeah hit the spot has always been one of my favorites hit the spot used to be a cart on sandy now it is actually a restaurant at like 11th and morrison and then finally burger stevens as i mentioned which has two locations one of them at the hinterland pod which i already talked about so those burgers are are represent kind of a spectrum of traditional burgers some of them are smashed some of them are not they all come should you request it with those traditional toppings and it, honestly it just depends on what i'm in the mood for right. and and what yeah what your personal preference is like i don't like i don't like brown mustard on a burger or whatever that kind of thing so it's impossible to rank them i can't say any of them are the best because each one of them is the best at at individual moment okay well let's take a quick break here and when we return i have a very controversial question to ask bill oakley Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, I'm going to ask a very controversial take. Which would be your pick, Burgerville or Little Big Burger? Oh, Burgerville by a mile. All right. I don't want to get a lot of public feedback about this. I've never been. <laughs> I love you, ladies. I've never so been a fan of Little Big Burger because I think the burgers Ooh. are too thick and not tough. Um, what about their fries, though? The truffle fries. I don't like truffles on my fries. Ooh, um, okay. The, I like fan. the atmosphere of the restaurants for sure. But Burgerville. Here's the thing about Burgerville: the burgers at Burgerville are the Achilles' heel. Everything else at Burgerville is an A. (laughs) The burgers themselves are like a B or B minus because it's the like the meat doesn't have any flavor. Um, Mm -hmm. The flavor of the burger is entirely defined by the toppings, which is the case with many burgers, but is not the case with premium. You know, if you go to Shake Shack, for instance, or Five Guys, which are not really fast food, or any of the seven places I mentioned, you will taste the meat and you will be like, ah, that's delicious. The delicious flavor of of ground beef with the Maillard reaction. Burgerville does not have that, and it's probably because they, you know, they're a chain and they have they have to crank out whatever twenty five thousand burgers a day. But everything else there is amazing. Oh my god, I love yeah. those Walla Walla onion rings. I love. That. I think it's the asparagus and those things. I love, and also their chicken things are very good. Um, so, like honestly, most of the items on the Burgerville menu for me are A's, except for the burgers, um, and which are generally B's. So I don't know. This might answer my next question, but uh, we're. Burgerville versus In-N-Out. That's, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> okay. It feels like I want to live in Portland. The, I okay. want to stay here. Look, here's the thing about In-N-Out. They have their menu consists of eight items, been the same menu since 1948, except that they added lemonade and hot chocolate over the past 75 years. Okay. I am not one of those people who is a huge fan of In-N-Out. Like I certainly wouldn't go there and wait for an hour in line. If I could mm-hmm. get my burger and get out in five minutes, I would like to go there. Well, I guess I'm stating the obvious. Their burgers are better than Burgerville's burgers. Okay. Um, but they they're men- they don't have anything else. Whereas Burgerville has, as I said, 25 other items that are A's. Yeah. The fries are terrible in and out. Oh, Shakes are okay. Terrible, yeah. The burgers, I think, are great. I'm not a partisan for in and out I like them just fine. I would not, if I drove up and there was a line that seemed like it was more than 20 cars long, I would leave. Okay. 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 Shake Shack, Burgerville. The burgers are better at Shake Shack, but <laughs> almost everything is better. I haven't had a lot of things on the Shake Shack menu that are not the burgers, so I can't really speak with authority on this. I prefer the burgers at Shake Shack. <sighs> I just want everyone to know that Bill looks pained. Like, he is totally reassessing why he came on the show. Like, he's just like, I didn't think it was going to be this tough. I didn't think it was going to be math. I These are tough questions because it's also like, if we're just talking about the burgers, it's one thing. If we're talking about the whole menu, it's another thing. But I like, again... Burgerville has all the other stuff, and and that's mm-hmm. what makes it that's what makes it worth the trip. Well, Bill, I'm curious if there are any new places in town that you know. I know we we went burger heavy, but if there are any new you know more um, junk food uh, purveyors that you would want to shout out that we didn't talk about. You know, I can tell you there are three places that are all on the top of my list. Um, 
to go to that I haven't yet been to, but they look amazing based on Instagram and based on the recommendations of people that I trust in the Portland food Instagram universe. The first one is... Suspense. Wolf's Head Barbecue, the Wolf's Head Burger Place. Wolf's Head used to be a barbecue cart out in Beaverton, and they recently opened a uh, actual place that has burger, place that has burgers and other things in that you know kind of a Shake Shack style menu, which is down kind of under the Hawthorne Bridge, like down near in the industrial area. And mm-hmm. I went there, but it was closed; it was not open on the weekends, so I didn't get to go. But that place, every time I see it. On Instagram, I'm like, I'm drooling and every people I trust tell me I got to go. So I'm going to go there. That's exciting. Next is is the another is another burger place that's a pop-up called Champs Burgers. And this place pops up and apparently there's like immediately 100 people in line um, because it's so good. And they, apparently they make everything from scratch, including the buns they make themselves. Whoa. And, I'm, I, and it pops up periodically at various places, um, mainly in Southeast, I think, on Foster and so forth. So that place I'm dying to try as well. Oh, and then lastly, a new place that's opened that apparently has uh, some pretty good auspices called Los Burros Supremos, which makes a, a variety, it's on division in that building kind of um, near Stumptown Coffee. And it, it makes a lot, a, a pretty interesting variety of burritos um, in uh, a number of different forms. And they also have other like stuff that's queso I see looks amazing. So that's the Ooh, third yeah. place that I'm very excited about going to. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like Portland needs to embrace queso just a lot more. Because imagine if like the way Portland makes food, if they just like really went into queso. Oh my God, we'd be unstoppable. I think there's something there, especially the to queso with the tots, you know, mm-hmm. combining that. But yeah, queso is addictive. Even lousy queso is still pretty good. And it's like, I have oh, a hard, yeah. no matter how much I'm given, I have a hard time not eating the whole thing. Um, and that's, I think that this, anyway, Los Poros Supremos, uh, the queso looks delicious that I've seen online. And um, I can only, I hope to get some soon. All right. Well, Bill, final question. What would be Homer Simpson's favorite fast food establishment? <laughs> oh man, it's out of business. It would be big ass sandwiches. Do you remember big ass sandwiches? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. That's immediately the one that popped into mind. Their sandwiches really? were were are, were grotesque. <laughs> I think I only had one, but they were like loaded with French fries and cheese and like enormous. And the, I oh, I wish they were not out of business, but but I think they went out of business like ten years ago. That's unquestionably <laughs> the would be my choice. Oh, man. Homer's choice. Yeah, because it, it just looks like four meals in a sandwich. Yeah. Oh, man. Any place that is open? Well, I would probably say Tight Tacos. I think Tight Tacos has wow, some of those- that's left field. You know Tight Tacos? Yeah. They they have a menu um, of Mexican food. And they have a few different things that are like enormous burritos. And I believe that's probably- I'm trying to think of something that Homer would want to devour, which would probably be- Enormous. <laughs> and yeah. that's the giant burrito at Tai Tacos would probably take the cake. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it now. and Which one is it? It's the Hellarito. Yes, that's it. The Hellarito. Yep. Like literally Hella and then Rito at the end. And it just looks like, like a Taco Bell fever dream, but like good. You know, like someone actually made it. Oh, the food there is really good. I've had the Hellarito and it's remarkable. Well, Bill, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and for uh, your passion in this field. Thank you. You were so thoughtful in your answers, and I appreciate it. I think we might keep some of the pauses just so people know how hard you were thinking about things. <laughs> I, like to give, I like to give accurate answers when asked these questions. 
before we get into the news, I just have a quick fact check on myself. There was never an episode where Homer and Marge had an open relationship. What actually happened was they were on a trial separation and both started dating other people. And if I had watched that episode until the very end, I would have also known that Homer dreamt the whole thing up. But since I stopped halfway because I was really creeped out, I kind of fever dreamed the entire scenario. So I apologize to all the comic book guys out there clutching their pearls at my error during the interview. And now for your microdose of news. Airport officials are warning all of us to arrive a little bit earlier than usual if you're flying out for the holidays. So far this year, there's been a 13% increase in travelers at PDX from last year, and it's expected to be the busiest Thanksgiving holiday in quite some time. The most hectic day is predicted to be Sunday. Good luck out there. And TriMet is considering hiring even more security for its buses and trains after a survey revealed the recent drop in ridership was connected to ongoing safety concerns. TriMet officials have attributed this growing fear to media reports of rare, and I'm quoting here, random and gruesome violence. But they claim our public transit system is actually becoming safer since they've doubled their security in recent years. Still... TriMet is seeing roughly a third less of riders from prior to the pandemic. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. Well, that's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs>